Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1144, air date November 11th, 2022. Well, a deep state censorship of political opponents is about to get much worse. A new report from Reclaim the Net claims that the Biden administration is about to sign a contract with Data Miner, which is a licensing deal for the company's product that is used to monitor social media. Stop me if you've heard this story before. This will give them the power to monitor over 200,000 online sources of data. Then the White House can leap into action and basically censor anything that they want based on what they see after they're maybe they're going to set up a whole new office that's going to be monitoring all of this. Someone who knows all about being censored and deplatformed is Dr. Shiva Ayodora. He has the he uncovered the deep censorship infrastructure between big tech and the federal government. Dr. Shiva, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for for joining us. I want to get into what you uncovered and just how big this deep state infrastructure actually is. But first, I want to get your reports on this, uh, get your thoughts on this new report out today about the Biden administration looking to monitor over 200,000 sources of data. Does this surprise you at all? No, it doesn't, uh, Clay. Uh, a little bit of background. You know, I went through the data miner, which is a tool that they are going to be using. It's a, it's a licensing deal for, I think, about 30 different licenses. What's fascinating about this is, you know, I have a sort of an intimate experience in this from the science and technology standpoint back in 1993, you know, when I was doing my PhD in what's called AI and pattern analysis, I actually won a contest to automatically analyze and route and categorize email. And it was a contest that was sponsored by the executive office of the president when Clinton was there. And the government at that time, you know, there's some legitimate uses because you want to use it against foreign adversaries for threats to the president, right, et cetera. So I ended up winning that contest and my technology uh, won and I ended up creating a for uh, a for profit company in the, in the field of customer service. So if you send an email, to, for example, to American Express, our technology would figure out and route it to the right people. Now, the government was more interested in using that, you know, uh, at the surface level that was put out for monitoring threats to the president, threats to U.S. citizens. Now, technologies like data miner, and in fact, what I built back then could easily be used for monitoring on U.S. citizens. And this is what the issue is. Obviously, governments want to protect their borders and their citizens from foreign adversaries. But the reality is technologies like this are being used against U.S. citizens. In fact, there's a whole technology infrastructure. And that's what we discovered back in 2020, which is not just any one player or just one technology, Clayton. It's an entire system of technologies, a system, a network of operations involving academia. It involves the government, uh, you know, and essentially private companies where you can launder censorship. But tools like data miner have been around for a long time. When I was at MIT in 1981, when I came as an undergraduate, the entire third floor of the MIT computer science lab, everyone knew was run by the NSA. So we have to understand that every four or five years, the news will put out stuff like this, little piecemeal pieces. And I think we need to get a little bit smarter as a public to recognize that the technology which was potentially used like data miner, which they say was was used by the Air Force in that article, right? Right. For foreign adversaries, now is being pointed at US citizens through this domestic censorship infrastructure that we discovered in 2020, which allows government at this layer using a nonprofit NGOs to launder censorship. And that NGO infrastructure was funded not only by DHS, but by Pierre Omidyar, 
who's a founder and the funder of The Intercept. So when the, D, when the Department of Homeland Security comes out on 9-11 and you have Mayorkas saying, you know, we're not so much focused on foreign adversaries anymore. Now the real threat is at home. He's just representing a small piece of this. So your research has uncovered that that is really the DHS piece of this. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. I mean, to just talk about DHS leaks in many ways is a subterfuge. It is a misdirection. Um, one of the things that occurred, Clayton, as from what we spoke about last time, is, you know, what was racking my brain was here in 2020, we had figured out not just the tip of the iceberg, but the entire iceberg, that entire network diagram, which includes multiple layers, government, academic organizations, who created many, many different systems architecture playbooks, which is right on that diagram at winbackfreedom.com. Those architectural diagrams, when we put them all together, out of that emerged this domestic censorship infrastructure network diagram. We call it the government and big tech infrastructure diagram, which is out there, which has been out there for two years. And when you look at that diagram, the basis of our lawsuit was that we had discovered that government over here is not supposed to monitor U.S. citizens. It's a violation, a gross violation of the First Amendment. So what we found in these documents, they said was in order to monitor U.S. citizens, we had to fill in the gap with non-governmental entities who they could launder the censorship through. Well, that fill in the gap non-governmental entity was called the Center for Internet Security, which was not only funded by DHS, but none other than Pierre Omidyar himself, who over here is also the Intercept funder and founder. So and then when you find when you look at this whole network, DHS is one little piece of it. You have CISA, you have uh, Harvard uh, Belfer School involved. You have all the big tech companies involved. You have the families like like the Murdochs, uh, the Zuckerbergs, uh, the Omidyars, and then you have the AP and news organizations. It's all one systems network. So out of that systems network, Clayton, to simply pick out the DHS and leak it itself is an intelligence misdirection operation. And that's what The Intercept did. So when I started, you know, after we spoke, you know, I was speaking to a very good friend of mine. And I said, you know what? It seems like recurrently you have the big story, the big iceberg, and somewhere along the process, they have it down to a science. Conceal, then plagiarize, step two, then misattribute, step three, prevaricate and lie, hijack the original story, and disseminate a small piece of it. Hmm. And that is what the Intercept Fang and Lippenstein did. I mean, come on. You can just type in Google and you'll see on Influence Watch that Pierre Omidyar funded the Center for Internet Security, which houses ISAC, which is the clearinghouse for the communications, which we brought out two years ago. But if you look today, they amplify their small tip of their iceberg. And this is a misdirection because what it does is in a recurrent process of news dissemination, the public thinks, oh, wow, we got the quote unquote truth. Let's move on. This process, interestingly, Clayton, I found out recently is called a limited hangout. Very so they actually so they have a name for this. They yes, where they release a small piece of information as a misdirection. Yeah, they call it a limited hangout. Now, where does this come from? Who 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 what, came up with this name? Where does this term come from? Fascinating. So since we spoke, you know, separate from doing the the stuff that I do as an independent journalist and a researcher, I also run a, a company which we do medical research. So I was on a phone call on a scientific research with one of the largest cancer institutions talking about science. At the end of that call, they had uh, seen this news and they said, Dr. Shiva, tell us what's going on. And I told them, you know, there's this very interesting process. 
one of the guys on the phone call was an MD, PhD in cancer research. He said, you know what? That what you just told me is a term called a limited hangout. And I go, what, do you, what, what does that mean? He goes, where they release a limited portion of the story, they let it hang out. And this term came out of the Nixon Watergate uh, tapes. Apparently, Nixon knew that he was seriously involved in the entire burglary, et cetera. So him and Haldeman in those tapes are saying, why don't we do a limited hangout? Let the story limited, a small piece of it hang out. And so I, when I did some research on this, and anyone can find this, a guy called David Brown, and, and it's out there, he says, there is a term in art and politics, and, among, and he defines this among intelligence professionals that is known as a limited hangout. Whenever one's veil of secrecy is penetrated, spies or politicians can employ misdirection to distract the public. The technique involves disclosing a self-contained and sensational, relatively benign version of the story to lay out all the cards on the table and a sewage concerns that anyone is trying to hide anything. Upon learning the quote-unquote truth, quote, like the DHS leaks as presented, the public is mollified and moves on with no real scrutiny of note, missing the real story altogether. They would acknowledge certain events and withhold others with the effect of clearing, in this case, they talked about Nixon, the president, in this case, Pierre Omidyar, of any wrongdoing. It's a classic technique. It's, a, it's almost like they have a scientific capability a, and it's part of the intelligence network. So when I stepped back and looked at it, it's like you just use your rational mind. Here's Pierre Omidyar, who's, by the way, everywhere. He's the one who was involved. Anyone do a little bit of research, and we have it all on winbackfreedom.com. We've documented it from other sources. He's involved in the intelligence work over in Ukraine, right? He's right. involved in putting out fake news over here. He, he's actually involved in developing technologies like data miner to watch people's behaviors and figure out how to, quote unquote, intercept these communications. So what does Pierre Omidyar do? He's an intelligence asset, Clayton, when you really put it together over here. He funds all these intelligence and media organizations. He funded the Center for Internet Security. And if you look at what he particularly funded was how government, the protocol would communicate through the NGO, through the ISACs to the, the big tech organizations. And we've had it up there for two years. Glenn Greenwald, we sent it to him. Yeah. The ACLU knew about it. And now they amplify the half truth. So I have to come to the logical conclusion Here's Pierre Omidyar. He creates the intercept for fearless and courageous, you know, aggressive investigative communication. Over here, he's involved in the censorship network, and Flang, Fang and Klippenstein purposefully leave out his name. So our work is the original work that was wholesale plagiarized, wholesale put out there as a part of this limited hangout. And so I think what the public needs to understand is, yeah, they'll want to know, oh, data miner, this and this. And this has been going on for a long time, long time before Snowden came out, anyone in technology knew that the NSA has been involved in spying on all of us. The issue is, how does a news organization release the story in these limited hangouts to sewage the public? And so we move on. But we're not going to let them get away with this this time, Clayton, because we did that story. In fact, if you look on my Facebook post, I wrote to the Pulitzer Committee and the Polk uh, Awards Club, because these guys are probably going to try to get a Pulitzer out of this. And we want to cut that off. And we've documented that, that yeah. if they're going to give a Pulitzer, it should go to the person who did. It. And I say this without arrogance. We're the ones who busted our butts to do this. We were like day and night. That diagram is another PhD thesis. The important thing is when you study that diagram, it's everyone's involved. Harvard is involved. The Belfer Institute's involved. Stanford is involved. They have created a domestic censorship infrastructure 
so they can do an end run around the First Amendment. They can launder censorship. And those terms we put out there in 2020. Hmm. So you have to start wondering, my conclusion of all this is anyone who's leaking these so-called big news and they're getting major news media visibility, they're part of it. Hmm. That's well, we know it's end. one. Yes, it is one big it is one big censorship party and they are all part of it. They are all part of this yeah, one. Deep they, state this limited, and they have this limited hangout feature now, which is a wonderful part of it, because in a democracy, people like you and I, we will do research. We will, you know, do the hard work. So when the big iceberg of real research comes out, they have this methodology to release a piece of it to mollify the public, but hide the big piece. And that's exactly what the Internet Intercept DHS leaks is about. No one should give them any credit. They plagiarized. They did a limited hangout, period. And in winbackfreedom.com, we've updated the front part of that website and we've laid it all out so that all the contents from two years ago is there, plus our new analysis. Wonderful. Well, Dr. Shiva, keep fighting the good fight. And I wanted to get you on to talk about this latest news plus this limited hangout. So thank you so much for your continued uh, continued work on this and being a, a ray of hope uh, gets against this big government and big data tech uh, censorship. Thank you so much for joining well, one, us. One point, one final point I want to make, Clayton, and I want your audience to know this, that it's more than a ray of hope we have now because we've built our own independent movement, truthfreedomhealth.com. We had all these independent journalists, others, networks of people during those two years, they got the story out. Over 200 million people saw uh, all the content we've done, and that's also documented. And that's only the way out of this, Clayton. We have to build our own independent news and always put it out first and keep it in front and front facing. So I'm glad you're doing this piece and you did it before because we cannot give credit to those people who are doing these limited hangouts. And credit matters because it drives people to understand who are their real leaders. People come bottom bottoms up, not these top down people who get all the visibility and are actually there to crunch the actual stories and the actual right. truth. So I appreciate what you're doing. Well, my pleasure. And I want all of our audiences watching right now. I don't usually ask you to do this, but please, you know, share this story. Just click on the little share button and, and you know, share it out with a friend. Uh, send it as a text message to somebody who, you know, is constantly consuming mainstream media, these news organizations, and just tell them, watch this interview with Dr. Shiva. Just watch this. It'll open your eyes. So Dr. Shiva, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Clayton. Be well.